Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I was really excited about the opportunity that I was given to interview our guest today. Her name is Jen Buker, and she is a fellow Vermont girl. So I couldn't wait to pick her brain to see, because I've always wondered to see how you get busy in a small town. And she was just full of great tips and great information on how to make it big in a small town type environment. Also, she had a, she has a very interesting story. Her degree is in marine biology. So she talks about how she went from working on and researching, I guess it was clams, to finding her way into a facial treatment room. And the journey was not easy. She's had some bumps and some detours in the road, but I really had a blast interviewing her. And she is open and she's fun. And we just had some some real interesting girl chat about the beauty biz that I think you're going to really enjoy. So stay tuned. And I hope you enjoy the show today as much as I did, because I really had a blast interviewing Jen. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. everybody and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today I have Jen Buker with us. Hi, Jen. Hi there, Lori. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I've been dying to pick your brain because I always wonder, I'm from Vermont and that's where you are an esthetician and where your business is located, correct? That is correct. Okay. First of all, it's fall there right now, my favorite time of year. Tell me what the leaves are doing. Okay. So they have just started to change the slightest amount. So it's still like that dark green of summer with, you know, the reds are starting and some of the oranges and yellows. It's, it's definitely getting pretty, but it's nowhere close to peak yet. So are you born and raised in Vermont? Yes, I was born and raised. I was born in Middlebury, which is where my studio is, and um, raised in the same house that my mom was raised in. That is awesome. Now, I grew up there, and I don't know if you really appreciate the leaves. Have you have you moved somewhere else and then gone back? Yeah, I actually went to undergraduate school in Maine, so similar, you know, environment ecology. Um, I studied as a marine biologist. And then I moved to North Carolina, which is very different. Um, And I worked on my master's degree there. And I always made sure that I made it into the the Appalachian Mountains just so I could get a little touch of, you know, what New England was looking like. But where I lived was closer to the coast and, you know, marine biology. And uh, it was so not the same as what I grew up with. I really have a huge appreciation for where I live and that's really why I'm I'm back. Um, after North Carolina, I moved to Texas for a little while, and then where did I move next? New um, New Hampshire, and then Massachusetts, and then I decided to move back to Vermont when I had um, my sons. They were young; they were two and three when I moved back to Vermont. I think it's an, a beautiful place to raise a child. I had the best childhood there. It's so beautiful. It's still a little bit innocent. Not quite as much as I wish it was, especially being the mother of two sons that are starting to 
want to explore the world a little bit more. But yeah, it's definitely has that small town innocence, kind of like when I grew up, but you know, not as young as I used to be. So Vermont is not as young as it used to be either. Yeah. My, my dad still lives there actually. My, and my mom, unfortunately she moved to Virginia, but she used to send me leaves every fall because she knows how much I love this time of year. So I'd get a pretty yellow one, a bright red one. (laughs) Yeah. We still do that. Even, I mean, my kids are 11 and 12 and we'll still, you know, get the wax paper and get a couple of pretty leaves and just put them up on our window as kind of a reminder in the depth of winter that, it is really pretty around here besides white. Oh, it's like a, a breathtaking beauty. So if anyone listening in has not been to New England in the fall and you're a oh. nature girl, go. You got to go experience oh. it. <laughs> For sure. So tell me, did you have a job when with a, a marine biology degree, something that associated with that degree when you first got out of college? I did. I actually worked for the Division of Marine Fisheries in North Carolina as a marine fisheries technician. And basically that was a glorified go out in a boat all the time. So lots of sun exposure and basically poke the bottom of a sound in North Carolina and tell me what it feels like. Does it have shell in it? Is it muddy? Is it, you know, grassy? It was a really boring job, especially for somebody that had spent a lot of time in school. And I think it was a very frustrating job for me as well, because I'm probably the hardest worker you will ever meet and the worst employee. <laughs> I have a really hard time working for other people because I have very set ideas on what I want to do and how I want to do it. And of course, my way is always the right way. And it's hard to be an employee and have that kind of um, attitude. Not that I had a bad attitude, but I just wasn't, that wasn't what I needed to be doing. Are you a Virgo by any chance? I'm a Libra. Libra, okay. Because I'm a Virgo. I'm, you know, Libras, you know, we're all about balance and, but boy, I have a really strong personality and it's my way or the highway a lot of times. (laughs) My guy, Jay, just said the same thing to me last night. He's like, you Virgos, gosh, you, you know how to do everything. And you all, we were trying to put some, some patio furniture together. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. No, I know how to do it. Okay. Whatever, honey. (laughs) Have fun with that. Yeah, it was a little bit crazy here. So I I mean, I picture marine biology degree. I see you out in the ocean swimming around with dolphins. So and unfortunately, it wasn't that exciting and fun. That's what I wanted to do, of course, when I was 17 and writing my entrance essay to get into, um, you know, undergraduate school. I was like, I want to break the code of the dolphins. I read that now and I'm just like, oh my gosh, Jen, what little fairy tale were you living in? <laughs> I ended up working with clams. <laughs> My study, what the the plus is you could eat your study organism. You can't really eat dolphins. So there we go. I could eat my my clams when I was done working with them. That's so. funny. As you probably now don't want anything to do with clams if that's where you oh spent a lot of your time. I know, I know what all of those little juicy guts are on the inside. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. Oh, wow. See, don't take me there because I love them. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> oh, geez. So, okay, how do you go from working with clams in North Carolina to opening up a skincare studio in Vermont? It is a very long and twisted tale. Um, So when I was in graduate school, I worked as a teaching assistant and a lab assistant, you know, making crappy money. And I decided that I was going to start selling adult toys. I had actually heard about these, you know, Tupperware parties for women a long time ago when I was an undergraduate student in Maine. And 
coastal Maine, there was no distributors. I just wanted to have a party. There was no distributors close to me. So I kind of held on to this idea. And when I moved to North Carolina and I had a network of friends, I was like, I'm going to have a party. And I did. And it was fun. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could totally do this. I am one of those people that has no filter and has no shame. So it was very easy for me to think about talking about, you know, sex and anal beads and, you know, whatever. And so I decided to become a rep and very quickly I became number one in North Carolina, number 16 in the nation. I'm a very driven individual and I was making really good money. And so I was making more money selling adult toys than I was as a marine fisheries technician. So I decided to quit. Imagine my parents' surprise. Quitting, <laughs> quitting. like I was almost done with grad school when I was working at, at the Division of Marine Fisheries, but not quite. I was still writing my thesis. I quit all of that to start a business called Girls Night Out. And I made a lot of money. I made a ton of money. I was a single person. I... You know, I worked five days a week, days being four hour stints at night, and I was raking it in, you know, for a single girl in her 20s. I was psyched. I was able to buy a house, able to buy, you know, a nice big car, suburban. And um, like, I felt like I was making it and I did make it. And then I had children and I was tired. I didn't want to be out of the house. So I decided to sell my business And my husband and I, at the time, we decided to start investing in real estate. So we got into the real estate market in the height of the bub, you know, like the boom. And right after we had a whole bunch of houses that we owned, the bubble burst. And we ended up holding a dozen houses that we could not sell. Oh, and was this in North Carolina still or had you moved back to New England? had moved back to New Hampshire and we were actually investing in property in Massachusetts. Okay. Which I've and heard is called Taxachusetts. So that probably was Massachusetts. an- Yeah. And I mean, we owned a million dollar property that I couldn't sell for $850,000. It crushed me. It crushed us. And I ended up filing for bankruptcy. So- It was really funny because as I met with my bankruptcy attorney, I didn't like I was kind of at this point kind of like aimlessly wandering around like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do when I grow up? I mean, here I am. I'm in my 30s and I'm like, I have no career. I have a ton of experience in business owning Girls Night Out, but no, no business degree. And I have a marine biology degree with very little practical experience because I worked for the Division of Marine Fisheries for less than a year. So I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when I grow up? And as I'm meeting with this bankruptcy attorney, I'm realizing that she really needs help. And I was like, hey, do you need an assistant? You're and like a full-blown entrepreneur. Like you, oh my God. you I, doesn't I scare you. Live, yes. I am all about making money and making opportunities, I guess. You know, I don't take no for an answer. I don't take failure for an answer like that. Filing bankruptcy is a huge crushing blow. It's, you feel like such a failure, like you've made so many wrong decisions, but so much of why we had to file was, you know, the market. It Out of your control. Yeah, exactly. I bet you took so much away from that, like self-growth and awareness and in like valuable life lessons that you can't learn in school or- Yep. You're absolutely right. It taught me a lot about me as an individual, about me as, you know, like just 
not being able, like not failing. Failure was never an option. And even though it was a failure, like you said, it was a learning experience and it's helped me so much now as a business owner. So yeah, I, as I was working for this um, bankruptcy attorney, I hated it because as I said, I'm a very hard worker and a very horrible employee. And so I started kind of thinking, what am I going to do? And I honestly thought about dental hygiene. I started trying to think like, what am I good at? And I am a picker. I'm particular. I'm so detail oriented. And so I was kind of talking with my boss um, that, you know, I was thinking of going back to school for dental hygiene. She's like, you should be an esthetician. And you're going to laugh. I was like, what's an esthetician? <laughs> I had no clue. I had no idea what an esthetician was. I'd had facials before, but it was never like a big deal. I don't think I'd ever had my, I think I had my eyebrows waxed like one time. You know, somebody tried to wax my mustache. And I was like, what are you doing? Get all of that off of me. I have no mustache. Back off with the wax. So she had to remove the wax without removing <laughs> It was awful. So I was like, okay, what's an esthetician? She's like, you know, they pop zits and they wax. I'm like, heck yes, sign me up. <laughs> I decided to become an esthetician. No joke. You know, it's funny. Um, we have similar stories. I was actually, September 11th hit so close to home. I was a flight attendant in Boston that morning on the next flight out, lost some friends that morning that were on the first flight. And I thought, what do I want to do? And I had only had like two or three facials my whole life and my eyebrows done once when I stepped into this career. And I don't think I've talked to anyone else that had a similar story until now. So the Vermont thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, there was no place to get facials when we grew up there. Really? You're right. Like <laughs> even now it's, I mean, there's places, but to look, to find like a high quality, like you know, place that you would trust. It's scary because you see some crazy eyebrows walking around in Vermont and you're like, what happened to you? That's actually so, my next question. I want to hear how you opened your place, but I want to know what your business is like there because I've always been curious to know what a spa or a skincare center or a practitioner's life would look like. So tell me how you started your business and then I'm dying to hear what your day-to-day -day routine looks like now. Okay. So I went to school and it was very obvious when I was in my program that I wanted to be self-employed. Our instructor, the first day we were there, she had us fill out kind of like a little vision board. You know, where, where do you see yourself in a year, five years, 10 years? And my 10-year goal was to own my own place. And so, you know, I didn't really feel like I had the knowledge to go out on my own immediately. Wait, can and I ask you one question, Jen? Because this is something I get emails from young girls in high school in Vermont going, where do I go to school in New England? Where the heck did you find a school? Um, there was a place in Williston called the Salon Professional Academy. Okay. And they have closed, but there is an Aveda Institute. One of them is in Williston and one is in South Burlington. And we literally had students driving for two and a half hours each way every day to get to school. Yeah. There's not a big, there's not a ton of, yeah, it's a, there's not a ton of places to learn. A few people would go down to the Catherine Hines Institute in Massachusetts. Yep. Um, I think a few people might've gone over to, I think there's something in Albany, which is about two hours from me. Yeah. You have to take a boat but, to get there, yeah, right? <laughs> you, will. you do, or you like drive around the long way. Um, but I was lucky. The school that I went to was 40 minutes from my house. And so I just, I made it work, you know, being a single mom with two kids, I have a boyfriend now. So he was very instrumental in helping me. My ex-husband was very instrumental in helping me because he would keep the kids at the night on the nights that I would 
you know, have to be at the, at the school. But yeah, there's not a ton of, of opportunities in Vermont, which is sad because, you know, people care about their skin no matter where you live. Uh, and we have to talk about that too. We have a lot to cover. So, okay, let me take you back to where you were before I, I interrupted. You said you got out of school and you knew you probably, or you didn't feel confident going out on your own. Right. So I actually put some um, resumes together before I even graduated. You know, I was one of the, t- there were four students in the class. So saying you were the top student would be freaking do four students. But anyway, <laughs> there was four of us. Um, so, you know, all four of us were like really equally matched. We were all, one girl was in her thirties. The rest of us were in our forties. So we all wanted to be there, but I was the one that was obviously like, I want to own my own place soon. I, you know, I don't want to work for somebody else, but I feel like I need to. So I put a bunch of, um, resumes out and nobody was hiring. I mean, it's Vermont. It's, you know, the the town I work in is less than 10,000 people in it. So it's not like there's a huge burning need for tons of, of estheticians, especially ones with zero experience. So I ended up finding a place to rent a room in um, a town called Virgins, which is in between Burlington and, and Middlebury, about 30 minutes from my house. And um, she was a cosmetologist. The owner was a cosmetologist that was grandfathered in as an esthetician. And she was really looking for somebody to take the new clients that were coming into her place. She was thinking of retiring in a few years and she wanted somebody else to provide all retail, all of it. So here I am, brand new esthetician, you know, like student loans, no money, thinking, oh my gosh, where am I going to come up with $3,000 for the opening order for the product line I wanted to use? And so I just took a giant leap of faith and I invested, I rented from her. It was $400 a month. And, um, I started working and <laughs> when I say started working, I basically started decorating and hoping for somebody to come in. And, you know, I had a few clients that followed me from school, but boy, I tell you what, it's really hard when you live in a very small area with not a ton of knowledge about what aesthetics is. And with, you know, just out of school, I really had very little um, confidence. And I had very few clients, you know, probably 10 or less. I'm curious, what skincare line did you bring in not knowing anything, just stepping into something as a leap of faith? It's funny. In school, we used Dermalogica. And I wanted to hate that line because you always assume what you use in school is crappy. But I, my skin started looking so good after I got the right products on it. They originally started me with the age smart line because of course you're in your forties. You need the age smart. My skin freaked out. I was like, oh my God, my skin has never felt worse in my life. And then I discovered the ultra calming line and my skin was happy again. So I decided to invest in Dermalogica. I'm actually now a Dermalogica expert plus, which is as of last count. And I haven't counted in a while because honestly it's cool, but I don't really know what it means in the grand scheme of life. Um, There were less than 20 of us in the United States. Awesome. So yeah, that was pretty exciting. But what I did, instead of pining away for clients, I invested my time when I was first, you know, I, I rented this room. I went to the International Dermal Institute in Boston almost every single week for two and a half months. I camped out. I took every single class that I could that was a free class for Dermalogic because I had just invested this large amount of money in the product line. So you get all of this free education. And then for every five classes you take in Dermalogica, you get a free International Dermal Institute class. So I camped out and within two and a half 
months, I was an expert, Dermalogica expert. So I knew my product lined inside out, upside down, frontwards, backwards. Like you can, you can ask me a question. I was like, okay, boop, I know exactly what to do for you. Cause I got educated. Well, I think what's something I need to mention is the fact that you, you say, oh, I just went down to Boston. We're talking like massive, crazy weather situations and a three hour drive. So don't, People listening Uh in don't think that this was just easy and she popped in there. Like you work hard for your stuff. Oh, I did. It's actually, I live on the other side of the mountain than you lived in. You were pretty close to 89, right? Yeah. So it takes me almost an hour to get to that other side of the mountain from where I live. And 89 is a freeway in Vermont, just for you guys listening in. Yeah. You have to pay to to drive on it. It's free. (laughs) Um, But I would cross the mountain and this was, I started going down there in September and the mountain pass closes in October and I was still going down there in early December. So there were definitely times when it was a four hour drive each way for me to get down there. Yeah. So I, you know, would go down there. Sometimes I would drive down there in the morning. I would get up, you know, five o'clock, start driving at six, get there just at 10 I would spend the entire day there and then I would leave at five fighting Boston traffic to get back to Vermont by nine o'clock at night. And I did that for literally two and a half months. I am not exaggerating. It was actually kind of a joke because I got to know the instructors really, really well. And like they actually would come up to me on occasion and teach an extra class just because I had invested so much time and energy in my education. Now you so, said you weren't pining for clients, but how did investing so much time and energy into knowing your product line? Was there a pivotal moment where this stepped in and really helped you attract clients into your practice? Well, I had those couple of clients that were really loyal to me and they watched me grow and they would encourage me and say, you know what, Jen, you've gotten really good. And that boosted my confidence. Ah. They were recommending more people. I was more confident in talking about my craft and I just started gathering the clients. There was no like, Oh, you know, the angels didn't descend. There were no trumpets, but it just was a slow, steady growth. And I was consistent and I was a really good rebooking esthetician. Like if somebody came to see me, there was no doubt in my mind that they were coming back again in four weeks for their Brazilians and brows or four to six weeks for their facials. That's just, it was my assumption. So there was no like, well, you know, if you want to come back, it was more like, okay, so can you come back next, you know, in four weeks on Thursday or, or Friday? You know, there was that assumption. I like how you, it's all on how we word things. And I don't, I think people underestimate the power of words. It, it's so true because I've watched other practitioners Question, like, do you want to come back? No, 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 no. Yeah. You don't ask them if they want to come back because that gives them the opportunity to say no. You <laughs> assume that they're coming back and you offer them, a, you know, like a solution, like which day works best for you. And they book it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're like riding, especially if you've just given them a facial and they're like halfway melted into the floor. Yeah. Capture like, that moment. You're so right. And use the right words. That's Those are two powerful lessons for people. Yeah. And, I, I, we only have like 15 minutes left on the show today. And there's so much that I want to get to. I am dying to know what your day looks like now, because I know you're a licensed esthetician. Now you own your own business and you also are a rep for some really cool equipment that I want to talk about. So tell me, what does your day look like? When do you see clients and what do women in Vermont want for services or in a small town? 
I work in Middlebury now. So I moved to Middlebury about three years ago. I've been an esthetician for a little over four, four, four and a half years. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was longer than that. I guess no, I, that wasn't no. in your bio. Okay. So you're rocking yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. Um, I've worked hard and you know, I, you know, yeah, I am rocking it. Gosh, darn it. But anyway, (laughs) so, um, so my typical day now, I, my studio hours for myself are, uh, 10 to four Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or 11 to seven Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I have two kids that I have every other week. So I worked my schedule to work with their schedules I love taking time off. I don't like working on the weekends. So I have created a business where I don't have to do that. I allow myself a month of travel every year. Um, so I, I am busy. I book out about six weeks in advance at this point, And I don't really take a lot of new clients. I've hired an amazing gem of an esthetician who's been with me for almost a year. Um, she is dual licensed. I say dual licensed. There's no licensing for massage in Vermont, but she's nationally certified and she's also an esthetician and she was fresh meat. I got her less than a year out of, um, her, her, actually, I think she was about six months out of her program and she is rocking it as well. So I, I really encourage her and I have her, um, you know, seeing a lot of the new clients that come in. I live in a college town. So I get a lot of requests for brows and Brazilians. What school Probably. is there? Um, Middlebury College. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you get a lot of requests for brows and Brazilians. Are people investing in facials in a small town in Vermont? Yes. Yes. About 40% of my clientele is all facials. Um, and they, they're really, really loyal to us. One of the things I see a lot on the Facebook boards, you know, I am a Dermalogica esthetician and I still use Dermalogica now. And I see a lot of people complaining, well, Dermalogica is also sold in Ulta or whatever. I don't really care. I don't have an Ulta within a hundred miles of me. So nobody's, you know, shopping (laughs) Ulta. But I also don't have any competition. There's two, there were, I think there's just one now, but there were two other Dermalogica salons within a one block radius of me. And I never, even then, felt like I had big competition because people are loyal to me. They're loyal to what I recommend for them. Jen, wait, I have to stop because this is so powerful and it's a shift happening in the culture of the beauty industry. And the fact that I see a lot of people on Facebook and the groups complaining, well, my clients can get it on Amazon and this. Unfortunately, that's not going away. And what you've done and what others need to do is you need to position yourself as an expert and know your shit. And then yeah, people really want to buy from you. They'll become loyal to you. Yeah. And, and they will trust me when I, well, it's funny because I exude trust anyway. Like I've had many clients come to me just to test me out. And I'm like, look, give me a month, use the products, be religious about it. Come back and see me in a month and let's talk then. Yeah. And without fail, my clients come back and they're like, my skin has never looked as good as it does today. See, or they might call me in a week and say, you know what? Something doesn't feel quite, quite right. I'm like, come back in, let's reassess, let's switch some products out, no charge to you. And let's make sure we have a, a routine that works for you. Dermalogica is great that way because they support us. You know, if we've screwed up and prescribed something that doesn't really work for a client, they replace it for us. Like we just say, hey, I had a return of a 16.9 ounce cleanser, nine ounce cleanser. And they're like, no problem. We'll send a replacement to you. And see, you know, this is the thing, Jen, we are in pretty much polar opposite sections of the United States. You hardly have any competition. I have 
I have seven skincare centers in a, a one mile radius. And we still have this common thread where you know, yes, your clients can get it online, but here's how you have to show up and and, yeah. and you can avoid that. So that also is Dermalogica the only line that you carry? No, I also carry Victoria Deanne, which is a peptide based line. Um, I've just brought in another um, line called Dermodality, which is actually based out of San Diego, Vista, actually. Let's see, what else do I have? Uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for my big three lines. It seems like I think about my retail space and it's so crowded with stuff right now. I'm like, what else is there? Well, you're all set for the holidays. I'm so <laughs> set. Yep. Now, I know you rep Saluma panel, which is one of my favorite. I It's so universal in my treatment room. So I want you to talk a little bit about that because it was a game changer in my business. And when do you find the time to rep for these other companies and train for them? Well, that's, that's fun actually, because that's like my Monday, my Wednesday, my evenings, which it's hard for me to kind of turn off the whole being a business owner. Um, you know, there are definitely like last night I was answering a phone call at eight 30 on the drive home from work. And I was like, well, I'm driving home, no big deal. But so I I rep when I can, if that makes sense. And I don't start working till 10. So I have the morning to, you know, pack and print out labels. And I have a really great website that helps me to sell when I'm sleeping. Um, and that's proskinguru.com. And so I'll wake up and I'll say, Oh, cool. I sold two panels and it'll already generate a UPS tag for me. So it makes it really easy for me to be a rep for them. So it's kind of funny how I ended up being a Saluma rep and a, it was thermal low at the time. I, um, a couple of years ago, I was like, really, I wanted the Saluma panel badly. I also wanted a so, just um, so people listening and know what it is. Just give a brief description so we know they know what we're talking about. Saluma panel is a r- blue, red, and infrared LED panel. Blue has been FDA cleared to treat acne vulgaris. Red is FDA cleared to treat wrinkles, and then the infrared is FDA cleared to treat sprains, strains, muscle aches, arthritis, tissue tension, etc. There's six clearances. And it's a flexible, portable panel that takes no room in your treatment room. And it allows you to get some really amazing results in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I'm obsessed Uh, with it. I use it in almost every facial modality. And once somebody uses it once, they're hooked. They're like, can you please make sure you add the light? Um, So everyone really loves the light. But I actually called them a few years ago. And I was like, look, I, I would love to do a bulk order of Saluma panels just so I can um, you know, share a good discount with a bunch of other estheticians. And so I filled out the paperwork to be a rep. And that weekend I sold 48 panels. <laughs> oh my God. How were you on a Facebook group? It was Facebook group. I literally didn't sleep very much that entire weekend. I had no website. I mean, this was all like, I generated every order. It was all PayPal invoices. It was like my family hated me. Everyone hated me because I literally slept, ate, ate, breathed Saluma. I was dreaming about them. It was so crazy. And so I was like, wow, that was very lucrative. And I gave everyone a great deal. You know, I did this whole bulk buy so that I could, you know, let everyone kind of share in the wealth. I ended up getting my panel free basically because I made a, you know, I made money on it. And so there I was, boop, all of a sudden I'm a Saluma rep. The exact same day that I had called Saluma, I contacted now my mentor. His name is Lorenzo. I, you know what? I have to tell you, and this will help segue into the story. That's how I met you. I talked to you two days before the Vegas show. I didn't even know you were going to be there with Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. But he, 
I don't know if you call it burn, but it's the other machine you're repping for, the Thermaclear. He took a cherry anginoma off Jay, my significant other's head. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I got hooked into that world was through Lorenzo. And I contacted him. I'm like, hi, you don't know me. I, I'm an esthetician in Vermont. I really want to purchase a Thermalo and I want to be a trainer. I'd never even used the machine. He was like, uh, okay. So I ended up purchasing my machine that day and it literally sat on the shelf for eight months because I was afraid to use it. What is it? Only- because it scares me too. It took this cherry angenoma on Jay's head and turned it into dust. Yeah, it was gone, right? <laughs> yes. Quickly. Right then, like less than 10 seconds. So what it is, it's a high and low radio frequency machine that desiccates the tissues so that your your body will naturally exfoliate it off. So for anything that contains blood or sebum, you basically just tap it and it either, you know, dehydrates the water or it actually solidifies the fat, you know, the sebum so that you can, um, in the case of blood, you just leave it and your body naturally um Uh, kind of digest the iron oxides that are left. And in the case of sebaceous hyperplasia and milia, you actually just kind of pop out this solidified sebum and it's gone. So as an esthetician, you're like, are you kidding me? There is a piece of equipment where I can look at my client's face as I'm doing the facial analysis and say, oh, I noticed that you have a, you know, sebaceous hyperplasia, a cherry angioma, and a little spider capillary. Would you like me to treat those for you today? And your clients are usually saying, you can do that? And I'm like, yes, very quickly. I'll take five minutes. It'll cost you 50, 50 I don't, bucks. 50 bucks, five minutes. I don't want to hop around, but I want to go back to the slim. I have a quick question and you're so knowledgeable. Okay. And then we're going to come back to Thermoclear. One of my clients asked me the other day, how do you know in 10 years that these lights aren't going to cause UV damage? Well, it's not UV lights. That's what I um, told her, but they're saying we're getting it from our computer and all this stuff. Have they done any research with it? um, It's actually red, blue, red, and infrared is very highly researched. And it was um, originally discovered by NASA scientists that in space, you know, wounds heal less quickly than they do on land. And they discovered that when you expose a wound to red light in space, it heals faster. So that's where it all started. So I've never seen any research showing that there's any damage. In fact, a lot of people are very worried about, like, should you wear goggles when you're using the panel on your client? And LED, blue, red, infrared, all of it is not harmful to your eyes. All of the research I've seen has shown that it's completely safe. Perfect. I wanted to ask that question because I'm like, there's no UV light in here. And, And I didn't really know how to answer it other than that. Right. So the wavelengths of UV are shorter than the visible light spectrum, which is where the the blue and the red is. And then the infrared is barely above the visible light spectrum. Um, And it's near infrared, which is different from far infrared. Far infrared actually generates a lot of heat. Near infrared does not. So, um, yeah, but there's no UV in that spectrum. It's all lower on the spectrum. Okay. So now let's it, it, we, I get all geeky when I get another skincare person That's on. Okay. It's like, there's a million questions I want to ask, but yep. okay. So back to Thermalo, which is now Thermaclear, you get it, you put it on your shelf and then you, what made you brave enough to actually start using it? Finally, eight minutes or eight minutes, listen to me, eight months after I purchased the machine, I was like, okay, this $5,000 machine is sitting on my, on my shelf being dusty. That is not a good business decision. I either need to sell this thing or I need to learn how to use it. And I knew that there was nobody else in my area that had anything like this. And so I 
bought a plane ticket to Denver. I flew out. I trained with Lorenzo two days before Christmas. And literally five minutes after meeting with him and kind of playing with it a little bit, I was like, good. I know how to do this now. And I went back to my studio and I just started rocking it. And that spring, I decided to have an open house where I invited some of the movers and shakers in town. And um, just from that open house, I had a girlfriend that had some pretty extreme spider capillaries on her nose. I treated them in front of these 15 women that came and they were like, what just happened? It's like waving a magic fairy wand because they disappear in front of your eyes. And this is the kind of stuff that bothers our clients the most. They all have these giant 50 X, you know, mirrors and they're super close and they can see every little capillary. And yet, you know, when you're having a conversation with them from a, you know, a normal distance, you can't really see it, but it drives them crazy. What grade is it? Is it like a medical grade one or whatever, like they call it, or is it within the scope of practice in most States to have the machine? Yes. It is a class one machine. Awesome. Um, that is made in the USA in an ISO approved FDA facility, which basically means they've been inspected by the FDA. They're cool. They have this, you know, they're, they're approved. I don't even know what ISO stands for. I should look that up. But anyway, yes, in most States, and I would actually argue to say in all States, but I'm not the state board, (laughs) but in most States, it is um, completely legal for estheticians to use it. I don't have a medical director. I've been using it for two years. But it's funny because I called my state board to ask permission. You know, I sent them all of the information about it. And they said, no, you can't use that. It's a laser. And I'm like, well, actually, it's not a laser. And if you had read all of the information I sent to you, you would know that. So after lots of conversations with an attorney with the state board, basically what he told me without telling me was, are you licensed? Are you insured? Go for it. So um, I'm a licensed esthetician. I have insurance that covers me for this piece of equipment. So I go for it. And I've never had an issue. There's so Um, many gray areas. It's crazy. It's it. They're, oh, are you telling me? Yes. Yeah. I was told that I can't, we cannot approve or disapprove every new piece of equipment on the market today. And I'm like, isn't that kind of your job? Like to guide us as far as what we can and can't do. So it's tough. It's tough as estheticians to really figure out like, you know, what are the laws, especially when you call them and ask them and they say no based on false information. Well, what I find is you can call them one day and ask one person, then the next day you get a totally different answer. And you're lucky somebody picks up the phone in California. I think they're just bombarded. I've sat on hold for two hours before to ask a question. Yeah. Yep. So it's crazy. Well, you know what? Our time is running out today. If people want to know more about you or more about the Thermaclear or Saluma or any of the other cool stuff you offer, how can they find you? So I do have a Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash pro skin guru. I do have a website, which is proskinguru.com. And I do blog when I have time. Um, So you can always look at the resources section for, you know, different information about different pieces of equipment that I sell kind of, you know, reviews like, hey, I liked this. Hey, this was stupid. Um, I try to be really honest with people. I don't sell anything that I don't use in my own treatment room. I don't recommend anything that I haven't tried. Uh, I just, you know, I don't feel right about that. That's why I did so well when I sold adult toys, because it was more like informational, more like, hey, I've tried this. This is great. Or, you know, what? I tried this and this was really horrible. Same thing with my aesthetics equipment. I, I, I'm really particular about what I use. And so I'm very particular about what I sell. Well, I can tell just by talking to you, you have very high standards. And I think that makes for a very good salesperson that you can trust. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. So, okay, we're going to wrap it up today. I want you to share three tips that you would give to all of our beauty biz listeners, like a success tips. What can you share? How have you done it so quickly? You're very successful for a four-year esthetician. Share some, some guru-ness with people listening in. <laughs> okay. yes. So as you know, cause you obviously, this is the only part of your show that you said, think about three tips. So I put some thought into this and I was thinking of the normal, like invest in your education or you've got to spend money to make money. But you know what? This is what I think it comes down to. Number one, the little details count. And what I mean by this is when you step into your spa, studio, treatment room, little nook, cranny, whatever, today, look at it with your client's eyes. And is everything perfect? Are all of your shelves completely stocked? If they're not stocked, are they spread around a little bit so it doesn't look like there's big holes? Are your sheets really comfortable? Like, don't give your client scratchy sheets and expect them to have this beautiful experience. (laughs) Is your robe soft and silky or is it scratchy? You know, are your towels stained? Are the floors perfect? Like all of that stuff matters. Do you have tampons in the bathroom for just in case experiences? Do you have poopery in the bathroom? Because somebody's going to go in there and drop a deuce and stink (laughs) up your whole place. So all of that stuff matters so much. So look at your treatment space with your client's eyes, because when you go in every single day as the practitioner, you don't see everything. So pretend it's not your place and look. And the reason I think this is important is my employee, Alex, just two days ago was like, Jen, thank you so much for attending to all of those little details. I love the fact that when my client comes in for a facial or massage, they remark, oh my gosh, these sheets are so comfortable. I love coming here. She's like, it matters to me that you care what kind of wax we use. Well, and you like, have millennials in there and they care about an experience. Oh, yes. Like it, you have to set yourself apart, especially somebody like you that has seven people in a one mile radius. Yeah. You have to make it special. I'm so teaching an entire thing. class on this about creating elegance because that is what sells in a saturated market. And the thing is, here, here's the second part of what I was going to say. Don't be cheap, but don't overspend. And so creating the look of elegance can happen on a shoestring budget. Are you oh, kidding me? What a great, great, great way to word it. Don't be cheap, but don't yeah. overspend. Balance, yeah. balance. Exactly. You have to balance. So when it comes to you and your body mechanics, spend the money. Don't buy cheap Amazon.com mag glasses and expect them to give you great eyesight for 20 years. Spend the money on something that's going to save your eyesight. I finally, two and a half years after being an esthetician, invested in an electric table. Are you kidding me? It has changed my world. Yes, that was my first big investment about two years in. Yep. It, it's like this thing. I found it on Craigslist. I just searched Craigslist. I'm in New England. It's not like there's a ton of places here, but I found this in New Hampshire. It was a massage therapist going out of business and she had this beautiful table and I purchased it and I have been so thankful. I'm looking for another one for Alex because she's a young girl and I want her to last forever. You can also scrimp and save. I still, my towel cabbie, you can buy a cheap towel cabbie. You can buy a cheap steamer, but pay money for things that matter to your body. My towel cabbie sits on a changing table that I bought on Craigslist for 50 bucks. I had a friend of mine, I'm not creative in the painting arena, but I had a friend of mine paint it. She put new hardware on it. It still sits in my treatment room today, 50 bucks. It's gorgeous. 
she also made like these really cool cabinets out of kitchen cabinets for me. I mean, it's just, it looks really nice on a shoestring budget. When I first started, I had a crock pot for my towels. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, but I made sure that I had good wax and I had good, you know, like back, I had good equipment. And now I have two towel cabbies because I have two treatment rooms. (laughs) So yeah, don't be cheap, but don't be spend like uh, crazy. Um, There's definitely balance there. And then the last thing, don't ever underestimate the value of an amazing massage. And the reason I say that is in these Facebook groups, I always see people bragging about, well, I'm only clinical. Whippity friggin' do. Everyone can steam and cream, yes. Not everyone can be clinical, but I feel like I'm very clinical, but I always make sure that my client has a really good luscious experience. If I don't have time for a full facial massage, I will make sure that I give them a great arm and hand massage where I am present and I'm thinking about them and their experience and not about the groceries I need to go purchase. Recently, I had a breast cancer survivor come in. She's actually in the middle of treatment. And I was just during the cleanse, all of a sudden, I just started crying, like bawling my eyes out just silently. I wasn't, you know, (gasps) I wasn't breathing crazy, but I was just so sad. And all of a sudden, my client said, Jen, I'm feeling so sad for my body right now. And I was like, Christine, I'm feeling it for you because I have tears rolling down my cheeks. So I kind of took a step back. I thought about it for a second. I'm like, this woman deserves all of the love that I can give her. So I put my hands back on her. I finished the cleanse. And right at the end, I saw this giant smile come across her face. I was like, that is exactly what my job is. I love that. I, I felt choked up because that it, our job is so much more about just popping pimples and putting the yeah. right products on it. So much more. I used to have a client come in and I knew she was terminally ill and she had bone cancer and she would come in and she'd say to me, I don't know what you do. But after you massage my shoulders, I don't have any pain for three days. Mm-hmm. So we have a beautiful yes. gift. And I love that. Don't yeah. underestimate the pampering that we can provide. And it's, it's way more than pampering. It's just like total TLC. Yeah. This, a lot of times, this is our, like a busy mom's only escape from crazy. Like I have to be four places at once. Like this is their escape. And so they deserve to have every ounce of us. Exactly. Pampering them and making sure that they feel like a princess. Jen, thank you so much for your time today. I had such a blast talking to you and I love that you were so free and open with your stories and willing to help. So I I really appreciate it. And I had, I had so much fun connecting with you today. Thank you so very much. I have been looking forward to talking to you and this was great. I really appreciate the experience. Yeah. Wonderful. Give them one more shout out or give yourself one more shout out, how they can find you, your URL. You can find me at proskinguru.com or you can always find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash proskinguru. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. Have an amazing day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. 
Thanks again for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. 